What is up, everyone? Welcome to the San Antonio Spurs Sports Ethos Podcast. Of course, this is your host, your fantasy basketball papi, Papi Roy in the house. By the way, you can follow us at Twitter via at Ethos Spurs. So that's basically double S in the middle. That's E-T-H-O-S, Ethos, and then Spurs, S-P-U-R-S. Okay, so for our episode for today, we are going to have a quick recap of the previous game of the San Antonio Spurs against the Utah Jazz because because tomorrow we're going to uh, have another bout between those two teams. So it's going to be two games against the Utah Jazz uh, in a row for the San Antonio Spurs in a couple of days back. Okay, so last game, the San Antonio Spurs lost to the Utah Jazz 118-102. to It's the 16th straight loss of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, this is, at, uh, in, in, in my knowledge, this is the first time in several years or maybe first time ever that the San Antonio Spurs had a 16-game loss. But, of course, given the direction that the, the San Antonio Spurs have right now, I guess it's still a win in terms of giving the young guns the opportunity to play while rebuilding and then also while enhancing the chance of drafting someone like Victor Wembanyama or at least a Scoot Henderson. So let's talk about that game. Initially, the 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 actual uh, the, the the San Antonio Spurs actually started great. They they their first half is really good. First quarter they were up 33-24 against the Utah Jazz, and then 32-31. At some point, they led by 16 points in this game. So imagine that. But then again, after the strong comeback of the Utah Jazz by the second half, very, very strong third quarter wherein the Utah Jazz had 30 points over 14 of the San Antonio Spurs and then 33 over 23. I, I can still remember that this game was tight until the four or three minutes mark. So that's the time the Utah Jazz really stumped them and overtook the game. Breaks of the game here, um, generally, it's, it's, it's a close matchup given the, the, the paces that they have. Both are young teams, though there are several veterans that played for the Utah Jazz, namely uh, one of my Kabayan, our Kabayan, Filipino Pride, Jordan Clarkson, and then also, uh, you, you also have their Kelly Olinik and then Lauren Markin and his Samawa veteran as well. So those are, but other than that, they, they played uh, youngsters. They also played one of their new guys, a 10-day contract signee, who played very, very well against the San Antonio Spurs. I'm talking about Chris Dunn. Uh, Chris Dunn, if you can still remember, he was actually drafted by the Minnesota team room. So it was a close fight against the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs uh, had the same lineup. Granted that Trey Jones, which actually is currently questionable for tomorrow's game, they, 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 they stuck with the same lineup. The lineup was Jeremy Sohan, 
Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins, Malakai Branham, and Keta Bates Diop. So, something notable here is, is really, it, it just shows what pieces has the, the Utah just over the San Antonio Spurs. Because if, if we'll check the stats, one of the biggest difference uh, for this ball game is number one, black shots, given that the Utah Jazz had a very, very good and promising big man, which is Walker Kessler. The whole team blocked 11 shots for this game. And then Walker Kessler specifically contributed five of those. So that dude really have a, a kind of like a, a surprising Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert in him. <laughs> so I guess at least as of the moment, uh, that trade by the Utah just seems to be leaning towards them. And then they, uh, Dan Ainge really did a good job in that specific trade. At least uh, looking at how the pieces that they got is providing, specifically Walker Kessler. So that's big, given that we just the, the San Antonio Spurs just lost Jakob Pertl. So Zach Collins, despite being very good after the trade deadline, uh, is, isn't is a Jakob Pertl level in terms of the defense. Another thing would be rebounds. So it just shows the depth that the forward, the front court, the forwards, and the bigs of the Utah Jazz versus the San Antonio Spurs. Despite losing those two categories, uh, I, I guess the big man of the San Antonio Spurs, both Zach Collins and Charles Bassey, actually did a decent job in this ball game. It so happened that they are just, you know, scorned with foul trouble for this game. Zach Collins fouled out, and then Charles Bassey had five fouls. So it just shows how active. The Utah Jazz players were. They they have several players that really is having a a, a what do you call this a, a life work in driving to the basket. The Jordan Clarksons, the THTs, the Lori Markanens, and then of course Chris Dunn, who is really highly motivated to get possibly another ten day contract. Or maybe a, a season-long extension. So the reason why they actually got uh, Chris Dunn, by the way, is because of Colin Sexton being injured as of the moment. And then they recently traded Mike Conley. So they really don't have a guard in their lineup. So I guess I've talked enough for the Utah Jazz. Let's go back to the San Antonio Spurs. Zach Collins played 25 minutes, like I mentioned earlier, six fouls. 15 points, five rebounds, two dimes, one steal, two block. Very good performance. He's, he actually shot three out of six in the three-point line. So it was a decent performance. It's just, I guess, an overwhelming matchup against the big man of the Utah Jazz. Plus, like I mentioned, there's a lot of players who really challenge uh, the our front court in terms of really attacking the basket. One highlight, at least for the San Antonio Spurs, is the destroyer. 
don't mess with the Sohan. Jeremy Sohan with 22 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Free throw is still shaky, 5 out of 7. 1 out of 4 in the 3-point lane. 8 out of 18 field goal. But something to, some silver lining or something to really talk about uh, for Sohan in this game is he continuously provides spacing and uh, post-up option for the San Antonio Spurs several times, several times that he asks the ball from the post, which is kind of like, you know, possibly rare for the lack of words in this generation. So there, there are just few players who really, you know, utilize that post-up matchup. Usually, the MVP candidates, the big mans, the Nikola Jokic, the Joel Embiid's. So it, it's nice to have someone like Jeremy Sohan doing that. Being that, uh, or being plus embodying that old-school vibe, that Danny Ro Dennis Rodman vibe, that... Uh, Bruce Bowen vibe, the Tim Duncan vibe. Several shots that he took on this game were bank shots. So it's kind of like really shouting out to the great Tim Duncan here. Another player who contributed in this game for the San Antonio Spurs is KBD. Get up HD up, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Loki really providing value in the depleted line of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, something notable in his line is his 9 out of 10 free throws. So he's, he has been really attacking the basket. Uh, well, he, he isn't really well known to be that shooter or that player that really gives us a lot of three-point attempts. So somehow this is expected. Remember, he was a promising young scout talent back in I guess he, he played with the with the Sacramento Kings so maybe maybe he can be one of our role players in the or one of the San Antonio Spurs role players moving forward Keldon Johnson of course the Mustang with 18.7 rebounds three dimes him in Zach Collins has been really consistent since the trade deadline Keldon Johnson is the longest tenured Spurs, so I guess this is expected for him. Unfortunately, he didn't shot any three points for this game, zero out of five, so that's something that could be improved. Hopefully by next season, because as of the moment, Keldon Johnson is that scorer type of a player that, you know, attacks the basket, helps you in the rebounds, but other than that, we haven't seen Keldon Johnson improve his defense that is notable or visible or evident in the stat sheet. He haven't been the great plucker. He hasn't really well known as a great swiper. In the past few games, while Trey Jones is away, he has been showing us his ability to pass. So maybe that's something that, you know, he could thrive moving forward. Given that we haven't really got our main facilitator or main point guard for the future. And then also, since we're talking about point guard roles, 
someone who really stepped up for Trey Jones is Malakai Branham. For this game, only one dime because you know we he is also not known for his facilitating Arsenal. He scored 13 points and uh, snagged six rebounds. Not a good shooting night for Malakai Branham here. Six out of 16, and then only one snipe, one snipe out of five. And then looking at the starting lineup, you can see here that the San Antonio Spurs really had a rough night outside. As a team, they attempted 34 snipes but only converted nine three points. So it, it just shows that this is something the San Antonio Spurs has been lacking. Uh, it's been what? A couple of seasons right now that they're, they're lacking outside shooting. They recently got Doc, Doug McDee, Doug McDermott, and then Josh Richardson to really help out in that category. But of course, it's, it's a different direction right now. I also don't see uh, Doug McDermott sticking in the lineup, at least for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. Uh, maybe he gets dealt uh, early season or off season. I, I don't know. But uh, I, I think they, they might end up, you know, picking up other shooters aside from Doug McDermott. So with that said, uh, I, I really do believe this is something that the whole organization needs to focus on. Maybe that's the reason why they, they are kind of like high to someone like Zach Collins, a big man that can actually shoot. And I guess getting a Wembanyama would definitely help that. Well, in general, Wembanyama is a total package. But that kind of like solves the outside shooting. Plus, take note that uh, Devin Vassell is still out for this ball game, So uh, that's uh, someone that provides them outside shooting. Hopefully, the Keldon Johnsons, the Jeremy Sohans, and the Malakai Brenham, you know, uh, can actually improve more and provide that much-needed outside shooting. Off the bench, it's nice to finally see Blake Wesley getting some minutes. In this ball game. he got 19 minutes here with 4 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 dimes. Haven't really have a very a, a, a strong game to showcase his talents, but hopefully he gets more opportunity down the road. I will talk about Charlie Bassey earlier. He had 5 fouls. His line was six points, three rebounds, one assist, and two steals in this specific ball game. Uh, low key decent, especially that if you watch the game, he was actually providing good spacing in the post. Plus, there's a lot of you know uh, quality offensive rebounds, putbacks. There was one moment that he had a very nice putbacks. So uh, again, like like what I always say, I still believe that Charles Bassey is a very good bench center. So hopefully he sticks to the team moving forward. He had a contract a few weeks ago. So um, he is a promising promising backup center. Devonta Graham played 29 points. Sorry, 29 minutes. He had 10 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 dimes. Given that Trey Jones isn't available, Devin Vassell isn't available, 
the tandem of De- Devontae Graham and Malakai Brenham isn't really the most defensive backcourt that you know that you can really rely on. So uh, it's pretty much obvious. As you can see, uh, Chris Dan had a very good game for this one. 15 points, almost a triple-double, 7 rebounds and 8 dimes. So that's against our the, the San Antonio's first backcourt. KHT, who has been playing there, he started in this specific ball game, but uh, initially he has been playing the backup point guard uh, behind Colin Sexton. He also had a triple-double-ish type of a line, 12 points, 6 rebounds per assist. Mark had 27 points. Clarkson only had 9 points, but he, he actually attempted 13 here. So it just shows that uh, our wing and our backcourt is really something that we need to focus on. Uh, before, we had the Kawhis, we have the Bruce Bowens. The, the San Antonio Spurs really has that design that have a very, very solid wing as a defender, which is actually already in place, Devin Basel. It, it, it just happens that he is currently injured. So, uh, Trey Jones is a decent defender. He hasn't really been that uh, guy or that guard that, you know, scores a lot, shoots a lot from the outside. But in terms of facilitating and really defending despite his size, he's, he's a really uh, he's really a decent uh, defender in a guard position. So, I guess this lineup will stick in tomorrow's ball game. Hopefully, everything that we talk about today, the 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 wing defense, hopefully the controlling the boards, stepping up and creating a higher percentage shots. Hopefully those are the things that we expect the San Antonio Spurs could adjust for tomorrow's ball game. Personally, given that they just had a 16 losing streak, a very happy 16, lo- 16 game losing streak, uh, giving them a big, big chance to land uh, either one of the top two picks for the upcoming rookie draft. Despite that, my gut says they can actually have fine, they can finally have a win this coming. Uh, tomorrow, this coming uh, Utah Jazz matchup, which is a back-to-back game, I guess uh, the, the coaching staff led by uh, Greg Popovich can really do some adjustment in you know focusing on specific team. It's like a playoffs for them, right? So I, I'm thinking tomorrow's game might be a clincher of the losing streak, but let's see. Ray Jones playing would definitely boost the chances of winning. And like I mentioned earlier, he's currently questionable. So if he plays, Malakai Branham will definitely come off the bench. So that means lesser opportunity for Devonta Graham, also Blake Wesley. But the question there is, how many minutes would Trey Jones play? If he gets limited, then I guess Malakai Branham will continue to get that 30 minutes plus range of playing time despite Trey Jones playing. I'm also looking forward on how the San Antonio Spurs adjust 
for Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen tomorrow. Let's see if the 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 shots from the outside for the San Antonio Spurs fall for tomorrow. They they almost had you know the same range of attempts, but then again the the quality and the percentage is the big difference. Oh, of course we we should also respect the the defense that the Utah just gave the San Antonio Spurs. But knowing the organization, knowing what the San Antonio Spurs is, it's a system team. So I'm really expecting some good adjustments. I haven't really checked the Utah Jazz, the, the availability of the players of the Utah Jazz, but I, I do believe that they will still stick with the same lineup. So this is going to be interesting. Let's see tomorrow if finally the San Antonio Spurs gets a win after losing 16 times. It's it's possibly one of the rare wins. <laughs> Maybe just a one strict stopping win and then they 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 eventually lose more throughout the whole season or what's left in our regular season. It's exciting in a sense that it's still in line towards the direction that the San Antonio Spurs is trying to do. Rebuilding, developing, hopefully getting a, a future David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker-esque player. The San Antonio Spurs is an organization that thrives in drafting and developing and scouting. So it, the upcoming rookie draft will be very big. And this tanking, for the lack of words, because I, I can't say it's really, you know, just tanking. I, I also believe that it just so happened that the current lineup of the San Antonio Spurs is really not ready to really win games. So it's not really deliberately tanking. Maybe, maybe there's some color to that. But this is a rebuilding team. This is a team that kind of like followed the OKC path of getting a lot of picks to build for the future. So somehow this is expected. So somehow that losing streak isn't really a bad thing. But then again, we need to give, or the San Antonio Spurs rather, needs to give some assurance to the, to the fans, to the people of Texas, that uh, they're still capable of winning. So I'm putting my leg here, out, and ready to be mocked to whoever will be listening to this episode. Uh, I'm thinking they can actually win next or tomorrow. The, their their next uh, matchup against the Utah Jazz. So I guess that's it for our episode for today. But let me give some parting statements before we close the show. So in the 50th anniversary um, of the San Antonio Spurs, 
uh, I would like to extend Sports Ethos and myself and uh, Ethos first um, condolences to the family of Red Macombs. So if you're you've been following the San Antonio Spurs, Spurs team uh, ever since me, I'm I'm really a fan uh, since that since I knew basketball like way way back. I'm not the most tenured one, but possibly I'm one of the most passionate ones. And then um, I going back. If you really are a fan of San Antonio Spurs, you have to really give a very very high respects, regards, or tribute to Red Macombs and what he did to the San Antonio Spurs, our San Antonio Spurs. So Red Macombs is someone who really uh, pushed the San Antonio Spurs basketball. History says he was the one who really moved uh, or pushed the, the ABA Dallas Chaparrals and turned it into the San Antonio Spurs. That's back around 1973. And then soon after, the ABA Spurs was absorbed by the NBA. And then the rest is basically history. So to Red Macombs, we respect you and we are really thankful uh, I, I've heard and I've read a lot of almost all praises coming from R.C. Buford, from Greg Popovich, from David Robinson. So you know, this just shows what the likes of Red Macombs did to the organization of the San Antonio Spurs. So to you, have a great trip, rest in peace, and then we, from our bottom of our heart, of our hearts, really appreciate what you did for the San Antonio Spurs. And on a positive note, if you actually watched the semi-pro movie, <laughs> there was like you know a callback for the Spurs there um, before moving to the NBA. So Coffee Black was absorbed by the by the San Antonio Spurs. So. Just to, you know, since I mentioned that transition from ABA to NBA. So if you haven't watched Semi-Pro, watch that. It, it was, it's one of my favorite basketball-related movie. Very funny. Very entertaining. So that's it for episode for today. Uh, looking forward for tomorrow's ball game. We're going to drop another episode for that. Let's see. If everything that we talk about today is something that the San Antonio Spurs recognize, let's see if my gut feel is true. This is my first gut feel take. So uh, we're going to count that in our episode. Let, let's, let's try to have a tally. <laughs> something to look forward, forward, I guess. So, again, this is your host, your fantasy basketball papi, Papi Roy. Of course, don't forget to follow our podcast available at Twitter at Sports, the San Antonio Spurs Sports Ethos Podcast. Also follow our Twitter uh, for the whole Sports, Eat, uh, Sports Ethos uh, organization. That's at Sports Ethos. My 
personal account. Twitter is NBA Fantasy Papi. Again, that's NBA Fantasy Papi. If you aren't really uh fan of witting, you can also check our content or my content at Fantasy Basketball PH via Facebook. So it's mainly fantasy basketball related. Okay? So, with that said, thank you so much everyone. See you again to our next episode. Paalam!